Hello, and thanks for joining our podcast today. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International, right here in Columbus, Georgia. In harvest season, it's important for us to remember the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, which he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That means it's time for us to get busy sharing our faith with others. On that note, I'd like to share with you a series entitled Sharing Our Faith. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. So get your Bibles, pen and paper, and let's get prepared to dive into the Word together right here today. But sharing our faith is is paramount, is paramount. And I don't think we give it as much credit as it really uh, mandates in the kingdom of God. And I'm sitting down because I'm about to address something doctrinally that we as the body have not seen in the level of clarity that we need to see it. Okay, so I'm I'm coming really apostolically today. Okay, so I hope that you're prepared to receive it. But let's, I'm, I'm going to take you on a journey to get there. And we went from Philemon to Luke. We left off at Luke 17, 21 in the 11:15 service on Sunday, where uh, we talked about the good things that are on the inside of us. Luke 17 and 21 says that the kingdom of, of heaven or the kingdom of God is where? It's within us. And so the good things that we must acknowledge are housed in what we know as the kingdom. And I talked about how the fact I talked about the fact rather that the kingdom of, of, of God is the king's domain or the king's dominion. Everything that makes God God is encapsulated in his kingdom. His dominion, the the thing that makes him supreme, the things that makes him in charge, the things that make all other creatures bow themselves low. Even those who have uh, rebelled against him, they must bow before him because he's God, even though they want to be him. And by they, I mean Lucifer, who was made low and now is called Satan and the third of the angels who followed him. We understand that they have been made low and yet they still must, even though they wanted to uh, take the throne, they still must bow themselves because they're not in charge. They wouldn't know what to do with charge if they if they could. Matter of fact, everything they do on the earth through the kingdom of darkness is a is a lesser replica of the kingdom of light. Y'all following me? And so uh, the, the, the kingdom, the thing that makes God God is his dominion. And I talked about Genesis 1 and 28 where God gave that dominion, right, to us as humanity, as his sons. That was his original plan, his original desire before the fall of man was that we walked in dominion. That matter of fact, that he said that we have dominion. We don't even have to work for it. It came with us, Right. We were just made to to possess dominion or dominance, to be charge keepers of the earth. That's why the the, the fall of man was so controversial, because a lesser being deceived humanity into lowering the dominance or the dominion so that they were no longer in charge. Am I talking to you in here? And so and so we understand the power of the kingdom. It's it's, it's powerful. And I got to that. But what I didn't get to, and I believe it was God's uh, or or God ordaining our our, or, or ordering our steps on Sunday was Romans chapter number 14, verse 17, which expounds even more on what the kingdom of God is all about. Now, because I'm dealing with this apostolically, I'm going to have to teach. Okay. Apostolically, I'm going to have to teach. God said, uh, uh, first apostles, second prophet, thirdly, teachers. That's the order. And so I'm going to prophetically teach tonight because I have to apostolically establish doctrine. I almost feel a little, not, not, not that I am uh, uh, Martin Luther, but I really feel that this clarification is, is, is kind of that type of, especially in the Bible Belt, is going to be that levelish, okay? But I'm going I'm to show you in the word of God where the clarification is, okay? And so the Bible talks about in, in Romans chapter 14, verse number 17, that uh, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in what? In the Holy Ghost. Y'all, if we don't get back to the gift that God intentionally left with us of himself, 
in, in, in spirit form known as we call thee, but known as his Holy Spirit or his Holy Ghost, this invisible power and the nature of God that he invested on the inside of us. Y'all, we're going to miss this whole thing. We're going to miss this whole thing. I, every, every six months to a year, God reference, references me back to his spirit. He says, Mike, I want you to acknowledge my spirit. It's not that we're not led by him. It's not that we're not operating in his giftings and in his ability, but we must acknowledge him. Why? Because he is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. And so it, we cannot ignore him and only get what we can get from him, seeking his hand or his ability and not relationship with him because that's how you'll stand before the Father or stand before Christ uh, and, and say, uh, didn't I prophesy in your name? Prophecy is a, is, a, is a charismatic gift that births out of his spirit, right? So, so his spirit comes upon you and you prophesy. Yeah, but I didn't know you. Didn't I cast out devils? Yeah, that was my power. That was my spirit. But you never interacted in, in relationship with my spirit. So it's like you just, you just rented the vehicle. You didn't buy it. You following it? And so and so that's important. Somebody say, why? Why? The reason that's important is because the good things that's on the inside of us that makes us more effective are housed within God's Holy Spirit. The good things on the inside of us that make us most effective are housed, as the Bible says, in Christ Jesus. Paul said, in Christ Jesus. I love it when he, when he flips Jesus' uh, uh, Jesus's descriptive identity, uh, putting the humanity of him last and the anointing of him first, because the anointing is the supernatural and the Jesus was the natural. The, anoint, the, the Christ of him was the God of him and the Jesus of him, him was the man of him. That's why he was fully God and fully man. Not fully man and fully God, but fully God, fully Christ and fully Jesus. Are we okay? Put Philemon 6 back up there so they can see where I'm, where I'm explaining this. There are moments in scripture where, where the, the uh, writer or the apostle who is, is, is pinning in, inspired by God's spirit intentionally reverses it from Jesus Christ to Christ Jesus so that the emphasis will be placed on the fact that this is not human first. This is God first and humanity gets to benefit from it. Are we okay? And so y'all trying to, y'all want me to go ahead and deal with the doctrinal clarification thing. Y'all want me to just snatch the, the bandaid off. Let me take you there. Somebody say, trust the leader. All right. All right. Somebody say, I will. And so we must, we must get back to understanding the power of being, uh, uh, of, of acknowledging the effectiveness of God's spirit within us. Right. But I'd like to kind of bring to a point, and, and this is where, I, where I'm coming from, a statement was made, um, well, I, I, won't, I won't deal with it that way. I'll say, I'll ask a question of you all. Um, we have been taught and we have thought that the evidence of the Holy Spirit is what? So we've been taught and we have thought that the evidence of the Holy Spirit was what? Speaking in tongues. And I want to emphasize that we have thought that the evidence of the Holy Spirit, meaning proof of the fact that God's spirit is living on the inside of you. The, the main evidence or, the, you know, how you, they say the uh, University of Miami or the Ohio State University. It's like this is this is the this is the only one. There may be others that try and, and surface. But the real deal, despite the other ones, is the Ohio State. And so we have we have noted, especially in the Bible Belt and, and in, in statements of faith of Christianity, that the evidence of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you is speaking in tongues. Can I clarify for you? I want to clarify that that is an evidence but that is not the evidence. It is not the only evidence, but even of all the evidences, even if you try to line them all up, tongues is not the primary evidence. 
Now, where do we get this from? Where do we get from this concept of uh, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit is uh, is ev- made evident by speaking in tongues? We get that from in, in the book of Acts, chapter number two, verses three through four. We're going to read through some of these so that we can lock in as to where we got this from so that we can see where God wants us to go. Are we OK? So Acts two. Three through four, we see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And I'm going to go there because I know I'm, I'm dealing tonight. I'm going to be dealing with your with your um, theology. I'm really I'm, I'm really dealing with your theology tonight. But I'm the one to, to help. Is that OK? So we go to chapter two to describe the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we get we, we see what the Bible says. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushy, rushing, mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse three, I want you to read this with me, because this is where we kind of anchor in and saying, oh, this is the evidence. Ready? Read. And there appeared unto them. Mm-hmm. And so those cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. Verse four goes on to explain the, the continuation of as as Luke describes what took place. And it reads, ready, read. And they were all. Mm-hmm. Right. So so the first experience of the first generation church receiving the promise of the father, meaning the spirit, God's spirit being released into the earth, made available to all who are willing to accept Jesus as their personal savior, right? The work of Christ received the gift of his spirit. The first manifestation, first of all, was not tongues. The first manifestation was cloven tongue for something that looked like it was an image. It was a vision, I'm working on your I'm working on your theology, right? Because you got to track it now. It says, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Right. And even before that, suddenly there was a what? Rushing mighty wind. Right. The wind of God. So 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 we're putting we're putting the cart before the horse here. Right. There are a few different things that took place to show evidence that God was there. But I, I digress. And so. There were not immediately tongues. There was there was a vision. First, there was a wind. Then there was a vision. And then the vision came upon the people and the people were then filled with God's spirit, not with the tongue, the tongue, the image of tongues, a fire sat on them and the spirit filled them. Following it. So so this this and, and and after the spirit of God filled them, they began to speak with what? Say that again. Other tongues. Now, these tongues, we got to make sure we understand this concept here because in, and I want to go back up, I want to make sure I'm following along with us that I don't add to nor take away from what the scriptures say, what the scripture says, because it says, and they began to speak with other tongues. Now, this is not unknown tongues. Because unknown tongues, which Paul references in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, when he is giving clarity to the church of Corinth, which he spent two years with them preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they had to navigate through the baptism of repentance and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then they had issues on top of that. And as they begin to speak with unknown tongues, it created such an uproar that Peter, excuse me, that Paul had to write to them and tell them, hey, y'all calm down with that it ain't all about that it's more to God than just that that's not even proof factual the 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 main proof of the fact that God is with you okay I'm gonna gonna slow down and so but that doesn't happen in Acts that's not of unknown tongues that we speak in this church is not what took place in Acts chapter 2. What took place in Acts chapter 2 is these guys and gals receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and they start speaking another language that was understandable by another human uh, uh, nationality. 
So, so if we're going off the fact that when the only way that you can have a baptism of the Holy Ghost is that you speak in tongues, we got to figure out if, if we're referencing right of first mention, then ain't none of us got the Holy Ghost if we ain't bilingual. And I don't mean Cut my mic off. Oh, I'm sorry. You know how to, they say the devil done got in this microphone. Don't want me to preach. I'm a priest though. That was Bishop used to say. But I'm a priest though. So, so, so uh, it's, not, it's not the unknown tongues that we first see in the manifestation. We see, we see a, a sign for those who are non-believers to get their attention and say, wait a minute. These people not from where I'm from, but they're speaking my language. What's going on? And we know the end result of that is that it is so uh, uh, effective, it's so effectual, Philemon 1 and 6, it's so effective, that manifestation is so effective that thousands are added to the church immediately. Because God's spirit manifests and a sign is produced out of that manifestation. But the, the evidence of unknown tongues is not the sign. We also see uh, in the book of Acts chapter 10 where, um, where Cornelius it, it has an encounter and he and his family receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and unknown tongues be, are, are present in that specific scenario as Peter prays for them and lays hands on them. We also see in Acts chapter 19 where uh, in, in Ephesians when Paul is going to um, establish that church in that, in that country and city, we see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit who produces unknown tongues there as well uh, uh, to the point that these people, they didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit, but once they are encountered uh, a, a, a man of God who knows of the power of the Holy Spirit, they receive an evidence. Not necessarily the evidence is mentioned there, but you see an evidence. So I want to give credence to the fact of where we get the idea from that the evidence of the Holy Spirit baptizing you is that you speak in an unknown tongue. Somebody say clarification. Now, why I want to clarify this is because all throughout the Bible Belt, we even have taught it in our church because it was our understanding that was our encounter. But sometimes we try and lock people into our encounter that it, that God can do more than what we understand of what he's done in past times. That's, this is why in 1 Corinthians 12 and 30, Paul, the same Paul here who <clears throat> encountered uh, uh, tongues in Ephesus and the same Paul who clarifies tongues to Corinth after spending two years with them, he leaves and they're going out of control with tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse, verse 30, he, he poses a question. And this was going to turn you upside down now. He poses a question. And this question is going to turn you upside down. He poses a question and this question is going to turn you upside down. Here's his question. Do all speak with tongues? Oh, it's quiet in this sanctified church. He asked the question, here in this church of Corinth, where y'all are making such a big deal about people speaking in tongues, does everybody in this church speak in tongues? Now, am I saying that tongues is not and evidence. Absolutely not. But I want to make sure that we understand. And I'm going somewhere and I'm going somewhere real heavy on you. And I hope you sense where I'm going and you go with me where I'm going because we're going to see what the true evidence of the, of the baptism and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Okay? He tells them, do we all speak with tongues? And at that point, I, I, here's what Paul is saying. I've been in ministry about 10 plus years traveling and ministering to and, and planning churches. And what I have observed is God's spirit has been manifesting in a whole bunch of different ways. And he explains a bunch of those different ways he's been manifesting, showing himself in miraculous ways. And one of those ways, somebody say, and evidence, one of those evidences is a consistency he sees is that there are diversities of tongues. Some tongues are uh, uh, unknown. Some are other. He even references in, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 13, uh, he says, though I speak with the tongues of angels. So here's what he's saying. He says, man, I, I, I've seen, I've seen a lot. And just like the Jews tried to say that God only is, is, a, is, you know, is ministering to the Jews, 
Y'all, we're trying to box God in to be something that we can make sure that we wrap our minds around and we can uh, tabernacle him here. But he wants to do more. He don't just want you to speak in tongues. He wants you to live right. And that's an issue that he had with Corinth, with Corinth because Corinth was known as a place of whoredom where the women slept around with some of everybody. And that was one of the issues that he had. He was like, y'all want to talk about who's speaking in tongues? Stop sleeping with each other. If God, if God is in you like you say he's in you, why you can't hold yourself uh, uh, below the waistline? I say that because we have children in, in, in the room. God bless y'all. Celebrate faith, will, and, and radical generation being in here with us. I don't look at me in that tone of voice. No, no. If, if, if God lives on the inside of you and that God can make you speak in a different tongue, why he can't make you live right? Make me mad up in here now. And so, and so what Paul says is, man, I, I've been going, I've been seeing God. I've been to Ephesus. I've been to, you know, Philippi. I've been to, you know, I, I've been to Corinth. I've, I've, I've seen God move, Tarsus. I've seen God move in a lot of different ways. And I know it's him because when I lay my hands on y'all, the same way that some have diversities of tongue, some you'll see in, um, where are we in? In, uh, in, I'll just say in the book of Acts, later in the book of Acts for the sake of time, I can't find it on my, on my notes because I'm, I'm trying to keep up with the Holy Ghost. But uh, there was a time where a group was baptized uh, with the Holy Spirit and it said they spake with tongues and they prophesied. So there's, there's different expressions that God releases throughout his word. And I'm not saying, you know, if somebody breaks out and, and start doing the inchworm, that's the Holy Ghost. That's a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. No, I believe it all references to the word of God. But there, are, there have been moves even in the United States of America. One that comes to mind, I believe she was in America, was Marie Woodward Etter. And her ministry was manifested in trances. People would just get froze for hours. Because the spirit of God was on them. Look how y'all looking at me. <laughs> documented. I'm not making this up. Research it on your own time. God manifested in ways that absolutely blew the minds of the people to show, to make the communication of their faith more effective. I'm out here by myself. Bless God. So, 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 well, I feel what you're saying. Well, Pastor, just tell us. Just, just tell us. Just tell us. We, 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 we agree with you that Acts 2, it wasn't an automatic, you know, manifestation of unknown tongues like we do today. Like we make people believe that that's the only way that they can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, please, before I move forward, look your neighbor in the eye and tell them no condemnation. No condemnation. Just clarification. Listen, Apollos comes to mind, and I, I got to set the stage for this. Apollos comes to mind because when Apollos came to town, he already knew about Jesus, and he was preach He was a bad preacher. He came ready to take on the church that he was assigned to, right? That's why he told Corinth, uh, I have planted, Apollos has watered, but it's God that caused increase. But know this, when Apollos came first to Corinth, or when he first connected with the other apostles, he didn't know the fullness of the gospel. They had, the Bible says they had to teach him the gospel in a better way. They had to give him clarity because he was preaching, but some of his doctrine was in error. So they had to say, hey, 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 you're doing a great job, buddy. But let me let me let me help you with this, because we have seen as a council of apostles, we've seen that God, what, what, what the Pharisees said was God as the way that they explained the Torah to us. They missed it on some of that. And from what God has done in this new manifestation, we got to clarify it to you. And we want you to preach the gospel the better way. So no condemnation. Even if you've told somebody, and I know you, you feel like, oh, man, I, I told that person they ain't got it until they, until they see. And we start telling folks, say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And they stumble upon just, yeah, you got it, you got it. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And, and, it, and, and it becomes, I like how Dr. Parsons says, a repetitive tongue. They're just repeating what they said. They're not allowing out of their bellies to flow rivers of living water. They just, they just, I mean, if you say it long enough, it'll sound like a tongue. But Paul told Corinth, hey, them tongues ought to be accompanied with some, with some discipline. With some order, let everything be done decently and in order. Don't call that foolishness that y'all doing God because that ain't him. That's emotion. And some, I believe y'all, I believe that's what took place in olden days. We got caught up in the emotion. And there is emotion. Anybody that says God ain't in emotion, they, they're not telling the full truth. Because God gave us emotions so that we could get excited about him. So that we could be the effectual 
fervent. That means passion. That means emotional prayer, not from the soul realm, but that spirit has snatched your soul. You possess your soul. And when you pray, you pray like I mean it. It's a holy indignation that says, doggone it, this is going to happen in Jesus' name. Not because I want it to happen, but because God said it. And I'm excited about it. God said it. Amen. But sometimes we, I think we got excited in the emotion of it and we wanted everybody, we wanted everybody that got saved to experience unknown tongues. So we start tickling at this. <laughs> we start tickling them when the tickling, 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 right? We just start, <laughs> we start doing stuff. That's fun right there. I don't care who you are. That's fun right there. <laughs> we got caught up in the emotion and we just wanted them to get it. But what's, what's unfortunate about that is these are people now who are living right now thinking that that tickle that made them say hoo hoo she she they're repeating hoo hoo she she thinking that, thinking that that's the unknown tongue. And y'all that ain't no more the evidence of God in them than not Because they still got cravings for the same sex and have not overcome it. They still can't overcome the power of addiction. They still can't And I'm not listening. I'm not saying you don't have God's spirit living on the inside of you, because I, I, I honestly think what's happening is uh, uh, whether you have the gift of an unknown tongue or not. I, I looked at Eric and that just tickled me. We were we were uh, in, in prayer one day in corporate prayer and Eric came with me and uh, he was uh, we were praying and, and people were praying in an in unknown, unknown tongue. So Eric was walking with me and praying and he looked at me. He said, I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to pray in my head. <laughs> he said, I love you, Dad, and I like this church, but that right there, I'm not with that. I'm gonna just I'ma sit this one out, in other words, right? <laughs> he was honest. But so I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you that God isn't with you. And, and, and I really believe what has happened is we've many of us have received, many people have received the baptism of the uh, of God's spirit on the inside of us, and perhaps it may have not manifested immediately as a gift of un, an unknown tongue. And and we received it and we we felt like down because oh man, I didn't get I didn't get the gift right at that moment and so we start living life trying to compensate for something that we didn't see trying to prove that we got it like it's a contest and then and yet the spirit of God is telling us stuff but we're not confident that we have his indwelling spirit on the inside of us so we start quenching him unknowingly oh that was bigger than y'all took right then because you don't realize that that voice that that conviction because that's the that's the, the holy spirit on the inside of us he's a governor he tells you mm, 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 don't do that don't, don't 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 call him don't 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 get in the confrontation with her Just chill out relax and we we quench that and we keep living our life according to our own will and i taught this probably about a, a year ago now that the greatest enemy to the kingdom of god in the 21st century is the will of man it ain't satan satan has been defeated but the will of man is so strong that sometimes we tell god nah god that ain't what god said good time got him out and so and so and so we need to understand what the true evidence is so that we can truly see the value of this gift of God's spirit on the inside of us and we can do what that gift is in us to do. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter number one. Now, now this, this is what I like. I love this. I love how God clarifies this. This is, this is where I was on Sunday night. My mind was going, I, I couldn't tell you everything that Dr. Parsley preached about because he said one thing and God began to download to me the fullness of this revelation. And today I just kept chewing on it and chewing on it. And I felt prompted of the Lord to, to, to take a stake and hammer it on the doors of the church so that we can understand and move forward as a people of God. Are we okay with that? Acts chapter number one. Luke calls the entry, the prologue. He says, the former treatise I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. To what? So he's recording what Jesus did and taught as the first generation church manifested after his death, burial, and resurrection. Got it? Now, we see in verses, uh, in your Bible, anybody have a paperback Bible? That, that differentiates red and black, 
writing, or you may have an electronic Bible that denotes the difference in red and black writing. Does anyone know what the, what the difference is in the red and the black? The red means what? Reds mean Jesus is talking. So if you have a Bible that differentiates, can you please tell me in Acts chapter one when Jesus starts talking or when it is recorded the very words of Jesus? Verse four. And beginning and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from the from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he. Right. That says he's saying it. This is Jesus. Ye have heard of me. For truly bought John baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So what is, he, what is he explaining to them in this moment? The baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the, which is the promise of the Father, which saith he, right, ye have heard of me. Verse 6, is it still in red? So, so no, the first part isn't. When they heard, therefore, uh, Come to wait a minute. When they therefore were come together, read Mike. Don't don't uh, just skim. Uh, they asked of him, saying, "Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom?" He says, "It's not for you to know the time or the seasons." This is where he's talking again, which the Father has put in His own power. Watch this. He, they, they tried to deviate from the from the conversation. Remember effective communication. They tried to tangent. He says, "No, we're going to stay on focus. We're not going to talk about when the kingdom going to be restored." Because I already told y'all the kingdom is within you. So it's, it's already at hand. It's been at hand the whole time. What you looking for? Stay on focus. Right? So he tells them uh, which, uh, in verse number eight. Read this with me. Ready? Read. But ye shall receive power. That's dunamis. That's ability. That's, the, that's, the, that's that um, dominion concept again. Right? The ability to be in charge. Keep reading. But ye shall receive power. Now, what's, what's that next punctuation to all you ELA? Colon. Now, a colon is used to expound upon or list the aforementioned statement, right? So he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, what's the first thing that he says after he explains to them what happened? What's the first thing he says? And he says, you're going to get power when the Holy Ghost come upon you, colon what? And ye shall be what? I want you to kiss this. When you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, before you speak in any language that you don't know, before you talk in any con any dialect that you don't understand, the first proof of the fact that you've received God's Spirit on the inside of you is you want to do what? I got to tell somebody about this. I got to tell somebody, y'all, I have, God is real, y'all, God is real, God is real, God is real. Not an unknown tongue, not prophecy, not laying on hands of people. The first thing that takes place is a witness is awakened on the inside of you. Watch this. You want to tell everybody. He said, you're going to be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost part. You will you are, you are use your whole check from your whole paycheck to fly across the country to make sure somebody that ain't never heard of the goodness of Jesus, you will say, I got to get to Jamaica because they need to hear about this. I got to witness to somebody. I got to tell somebody. God Almighty, I see this right now. So see now why witnessing seems like so unimportant. Because the very the evidence of the Holy Spirit filling us and baptizing us has been replaced with a sign. Now what did Jesus say about the generation that sign seekers? Come on somebody. He said y'all perverts. Okay, oh, the baby's in here. The baby's in here. The baby's in here. The baby's in here. All you want is a cheap thrill. I know that's funny. But all you want is an inward tickle. And though that inward tickle has its place, let's go to Mark chapter 16. Though the inward tickle has its place, it's not the evidence. Y'all, we've been fooled. We've been, we've been misled. We've been missing out on the fact that the, the, the evidence that God is on the inside of you is that you are, it goes back to Genesis. You become fruitful and start multiplying. Come 
Y'all ain't listening to me. You, you get so overwhelmed, so full of God that you start making folk in your family start. Oh, oh we're we going to church today. Oh, oh, oh we're we going to read the Bible together. We're going to do a family Bible study. Lord, we're we going to do that because I got to tell somebody I got to reproduce because this thing is, Jeremiah said, it's like fire down in my bones. I can't keep this to myself. You fit to get saved. You ain't going to sit down around this power and not be changed. Our doctrine been bad, y'all. Our doctrine has been off. And so, and so, and so, and so churches, right now, right now, listen, no, this is big. This is huge. Right now, you can go to Corinth, wherever Corinth is. You can go to Philadelphia. Right now, in whatever the new Asia Minor is, you can go to Laodicea right now. Right now. And it's written about in the Bible that God was moving with those people. But they don't exist no more. That ought ought to hurt your heart. That ought to hurt your heart. That these churches, that we are reading about what God said to them, these churches don't exist today. Are you catching it? Because they look, I love how Dr. Barton said, they look inward. All their focus is, is the inward tickle. Their focus is, Oh, we're a prophetic church. Their focus was, oh, we're an apostolic church. Oh, their focus was, oh, we're a five-fold church. We got a prophet, we got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers at our church. We're good. But who y'all witnessing to? You got this power and you're doing nothing with it. You're feeding full folk and everybody fat. Spiritually. We are obese. We got so much word, we don't know what to do with it. Because we, we sharing, we, we like a family eating at the table. We just, we eating Thanksgiving every day. And it's a homeless man at the end of our street. He's starving. And we, we refuse to give him any of this food that we got. Spiritually speaking. Mark. Mark 6, um, uh-huh, I know, I know this different, but this is exposing, this is exposing why we are, we are. If, we're, if we're not witnessing, listen to me, I, as I was sitting back in the back, I almost started to cry, because God told us, when I came in as senior pastor, he spoke that, we're going to, this, this, my, my assignment is to do double, my assignment, is, and, and I, I received that as, my assignment is to ensure that if Ann Hartman took it 25 years, I got to make sure that 50 years from now, there's still a faith worship center or, or, or whatever we name ourselves. If we call ourselves church, faith, church, whatever you want to call you. But it's the same vision. It's the same, it's the same God assignment. But listen to me. Listen to me. I'll be 40 next year. 50 years from then, I'll be 90. Listen to me. I don't plan to be the pastor. <laughs> I'm just making I mean, I start. One day my son's gonna grow up and do stuff. I'm gonna go see that. No, 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 no. You can look at me like you want to. Mm-mm. I'm gonna see what that little joke become. And if he ain't in Columbus doing it, if he in Kalamazoo doing it, I, I don't know who preaches Sunday. Well, 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 Mike at? He in Kalamazoo. If Eric played football or basketball professionally, y'all might well find y'all a whole, the whole football season now. The whole basketball. No, no, no. I'm not just talking about when they're playing home game. The whole season. Call it a sabbatical. Call whatever you want. I'm going to see that boy. I'm going to see that boy. Feel his, I'm going I'm to see him be the manifestation. I don't care who preaches. Uh, uh, anybody? I put a CD. If y'all want, if y'all want me, you're going to get a CD. Or MP3, or a DVD, or a CDC. I think at the London said one time, we just we'll come up with something for it to you. All the time, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. Those churches in the Bible, they don't exist no more because they stop witnessing. God, Mario, I don't have a lot of time. They put the inward gifts above the. The evidence. 
Mark chapter 16, I'm going to have to end here. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Last thing that Jesus told, that Mark records that Jesus told his people, we find, we call it the great commission of his uh, 11 uh, then disciples, soon to be apostles. Verse 15, and he said unto them, are you there? You got to see it now. (laughs) You got to see it. Don't miss this. He said unto them, he said unto them one word. First word he said was do what? Speak in tongues. First word he said prophesy. Prophesy to the wind and the wind will blow. What's first, what's first thing he said? Go. Don't stay. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. Tell other people to every creature. Watch this. And he that believed and is baptized will be saved. He that believeth not will be condemned or damned. Verse 17. And then these signs will follow them. That believe. Those who are baptized. After you go, it's going to cause other. You're going to multiply. And the fruit of that, the, the, the aftermath of that is going to be these signs. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. There it is. There it is. There's those tongues. They have their place. That's why Paul said, oh, I speak in tongues all the time. Because when I speak in tongues, I'm, spe- I'm not speaking unto man. I'm, I'm speaking in my heavenly language. I'm speaking to God with beyond my understanding. And so I'm surpassing. I'm speaking spirit to spirit. So we're not knocking the fact that your, your gift of, of speaking in this new tongue or this unknown tongue is, is an evidence. It clearly says that is a sign, right? But it's not the only one. And it's not even the first mentioned one. They shall speak with new tongues. What, all, what also shall they do? Verse 18. Now, now, okay. Now, I want to I pause right here. I got to hurry up. But I want to ask you a question. And I don't want, uh, no, no, no. Let, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Because if, if, if tongues are equivalent to all the other signs, then if you have not yet picked up a serpent, then you might not have a Holy Ghost. Anybody ever cast out a devil? Okay, so, so it gets more, but not everybody. Not everyone has encountered that. But casting out devils is, is, is mentioned with all the other signs that, that are evidence when you go based upon your indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That'll be the byproducts, not the main focus. Got another one for you. And they shall drink any deadly thing. And it shall not hurt them. Anybody ever got food poison? Did it hurt? You ain't got the Holy Ghost then. (laughs) I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I'm only teasing. I'm using an extreme measure to get you to see. Y'all, that's why God is telling us, live for me. Share your faith. Stop being inward minded only. Because if you're only inward minded, you're not walking in the nature of God. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? That whoever comes in contact with this guy, God shared his faith. Did did you get that? God loved so much that he he witnessed to the world. He gave a witness, an example to the whole world. He said, you want to know what, what my nature is? I want everybody to know this opportunity is available to them. It provokes some thought, doesn't it? Because our approach to this thing has been a little off. Romans 8 and 14 says this. For as many as are led <laughs> by the Spirit of God, them and them alone are sons of God. So he's clarifying. He's saying there's a lot of people going to talk about the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people that's going to talk about the Bible. It's some people that's going to like church and just like coming to church. Sing what the praise team sings. Shout when the music strikes. They just like that culture of church. 
But don't be deceived into thinking that just because they, hey, quirk, quick, quirk, quake, buck when it's time to do that, that they're a son of God. Because that's not the evidence. God Almighty. This is so good, man. This is so good. God, I love how God just, he make his rules and then he just break his rules. And then he fulfills his rules and then he just frees us from the rules. Think about John 4. And I got to be done. Think about John 4. You have this lady, right? You have this lady who is like a woman of Corinth. Please take my Bible before I preach for the rest of the night. She's like a woman from Corinth because she done been with so many men that her reputation is that she's a loose woman. That's how the women of Corinth were, right? Her reputation was that she was just, she had uh, five before and the one that she was with then wasn't home, right? So Jesus has this conversation with her and she tries to get real religious with him. She's a Samaritan woman, right? And so he shouldn't even be talking to her, her by, by, by right, but Jesus says, there's a soul that I need to share faith with. Stay on topic, Mike. So this young, this young lady, she starts getting religious and Jesus said, listen, the hour cometh, stay with me, the hour cometh, then he says, and now is. So, so keep finishing. That true worshipers will worship the Father in what? How, wait, 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 wait. How, you, how you gonna do that? Because the Spirit ain't came yet. So, no, no. So he says, I said the hour cometh, but it also now is. Okay. That true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Watch this. When he says those words, some kind of light came on in that woman. And what did she do? Oh, 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 oh. She forgot what she came to do. Dropped her water pot and said, the hour now is. This spirit has overcome me and I'm going to go not to the women of the city. I'm going to go to all the men, the ones that was And I want them to know, I want them to see evidence. God is real and I'm here to tell you. She didn't speak in a tongue. She didn't prophesy. Matter of fact, she spoke in error because she said he told me everything about myself. And he ain't tell her about how many men she was with. But the spirit of God came upon her from the revelation of the gospel. That the time is coming, but if you are catchy, it's available to you right now. So she called it, stopped what she was doing. She stopped trying to, she stopped trying to follow after the procedures of, of that day and age. And she said, I'm going after what I know to be important. I'm gonna tell every man, I'm a witness to every man that I can get an opportunity. Y'all, y'all, that whole city, Samaria. <laughs> the whole city of Samaria got completely got completely turned upside down to the point now, now you got to get this now because Samari, Samaritans were at odds with Jews because of their nationality being mixed right and so they didn't, Jews didn't fool with them because of their nationality but none of that when the gospel was preached to her the first evidence that she received it was that she went and witnessed. Listen to me. It's going to take a while to sit in now because we like speaking in tongues. And we've told people that they ain't got them until they speak with them tongues. But all I'm here to tell you is if you, and this is what I used to love about sports, nobody has ever played a perfect game in the sport of football, as it's called. Guys are always looking to better their game. And so you have superstars like Apollos, Corinth, right, who were great, but they still weren't without flaw. So the key is to becoming better and to staying at the top of your game is looking back at your film, acknowledging what you did right, and fixing what you did wrong, then the next time you play a game, don't make the same mistakes. The reason that the turnover ratio is so high in professional sports it is because guys are gifted, but they don't fix their mistakes. I've been on the player side and I've been on the coach's side. In those coaches meetings, they say he keep doing the same thing. He's a liability to us. 
We told him don't do that no more. And it's hundreds of thousands of dollars available to him. Apparently, he don't want money. Because he don't want it enough to change his errors. If he can just fix his errors, he could be a pro bowl player. He can make millions of dollars in a matter of a year. In a matter of a year. What am I saying to you? Y'all, this don't take nothing away from your superstardom in the kingdom of God. That you missed it for a while. That we missed it for a while. All this is telling us is, since God is telling us that we must have faith for the harvest and live for him and share our faith, he's fixing us. How do we get fixed? We start telling God, God, I'm honest, I don't have a burden for souls. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, no, 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 don't do that now. Don't do that. Don't do that because you ain't got no, don't, don't act like, oh, yes, I do. I, I want people to be saved. How many, how many have been saved in, in the last seven days since you so burdened, heavy laden with souls? The truth is we got to go, we got to tell God, God, I didn't know. I didn't know that was so important to you. I didn't realize that that's why your spirit indwelled in me so that I would, so that I would be endued with power to be a witness for you. I didn't know. But Lord, I pray if you'll just if you'll if you'll give me a burden for for your heart, give us the the olden days preachers. Uh, Dr. Parsons says used to say, "Give us souls, lest we die." If people if, if people don't get saved by my witness, I don't I have not fulfilled my life's purpose. So if that's not your if that's not your posture in the kingdom, right now. God is just saying, hey, I've been covering you in grace. And now I want you to take the training wheels off and start riding now. You don't have to know the whole Bible to be a witness. You just got to have a fire on the inside of you to see somebody else that needs to to hear the gospel. And you got to reach out to them and figure out a way to share that gospel with them. If they reject it, they reject it. Dust your hands off. But no longer. Where we allow wayward people to be in our space in a repeated manner and not say a thing about this good news. No more. Not, not if I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Not if I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody in who's filled with the Spirit of God and ready to be a witness? Man, I pray you were blessed by that message on today. I just love the Word of God. I love how it penetrates our heart and imparts into us the ability to live out the Word of God. Listen, concerning your faith, I've just released a brand new book entitled Principles of Faith, Fundamentals to Effectively Live by Faith. And I'd like for you to go on our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net, and I'd like for you to get a copy. Listen, we have it in paperback form and we have it in ebook form. So hurry up today. Go on our website and get your copy. And of course, you can continue to follow us on social media at Michael Grant Ministries. And then you can always stay tuned to our podcast, which we post on a weekly basis. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your connection with us. And until next time, stay strong in the faith.